What's up, everybody? Episode 279 of Top Rope Nation. If you're watching the video stream, you just saw a different intro. I figured it's a new year, Justin Joint. I might as well put together a new intro. You like it? I liked it a lot. Very, uh, seemed more personal than our previous one. Very much. Got pictures of us in it. Yeah. Show off those handsome faces, Justin. Gotta like that. Gotta like that. Justin, how are you doing, man? It's 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 a new year. It is the eighth year that Top Rope Nation has been on the air. Going back to 2016, the eighth different year we've been on the air. How are you? I'm okay. I had I had a rough little holidays after uh, Christmas where every single person in my household, including three people that visited, ended up with the flu. They, I, I didn't, but obviously when everybody in your household has the flu, you just as well have the flu too. (laughs) Um, yeah, basically, but you know, I finally went back to work yesterday and before that, I think for four or five days, the only place I went to besides from my house was the pharmacy. So it was one of those where it's like, it's not a great sign when you are ecstatic to go back to work. (laughs) You know, I kind of felt that way. I hate to say that, but you know, I, we had Christmas break from school. So, you know, with three kids all mm. day, every day, when you get back to work, it almost feels like a little break and you probably feel that way too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and you know, I, I get to listen to my podcast again. I finally yeah. just today listened to, uh, your guys's Stark, uh, Starcade review. Ah, uh, yes. What did fantastic. you think? Loved it. And, uh, you know, we did a little behind the scenes here. We actually, just had a brief meeting with Kyle Ross and I didn't want to say it uh, then, but so I'll say it now, my exposure to dinosaur juniors next to nothing. So I, I don't know. I'm going to, I got to dig into that catalog. Cause I, I, Same. I really, I liked the song that was played at the end. That was good stuff. He, he heard him. He requested that song. And if I yeah. didn't play it, he was going to quit. He was quitting. He was quitting. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess you've made my decision, Kyle. And, I played the song and yeah, I, I actually noticed in the comments of that song when I downloaded all this like most underrated band of the nineties and all this stuff, Dinosaur Jr. So I gotta dig into the catalog too. But I'm I'm glad you liked the show, Starcade ninety seven. I've never sworn that much on a podcast. I don't think that we've ever done <laughs> in the last eight different years. So it it, it was a, a first for me. I couldn't contain my anger, Justin, when talking about how Eric Bischoff dropped the ball that night and how he continues to pass the buck when it comes to the criticism so of that show. So yes. weird. So if um, you guys want to hear that, that is on the Patreon feed. Uh, link in the description here. We would love to have your support. My my one note for something that you said that, God, we had to have talked about this before was I didn't mind Bret Hart's WCW theme. I mean, it was not near as good as his WWE f1 but Mm -hmm. uh i thought it was it was a pretty good simulation of that song i liked the later one he had like when he was the champion and everything but the very first one was like that version but kind of slowed down wasn't as fast that one i didn't care for as much okay i thought i did did think they improved it a little bit and it wasn't too bad um so then the one other thing let me go since it was the holidays Uh oh where's he going What do we got here? This is the kind of dad I am is I bought a toy and, and didn't give it to my son. I knew this, where this, that was going. This one was for me. I, I, I found <laughs> Brody Lee at, uh, where was it? Uh, 
video game store. I can't remember. GameStop? Yes. You're always finding them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they've got good stuff there. So I saw it and I debated. I think, in fact, I texted you like, I don't know if I can give this one to my kid because I see the way he <laughs> plays with his toys. I so, got that one in my cabinet behind me. So that's why I said to you, now you got to keep that for the yeah. setup. Yep. So that one's staying up on a shelf until the day that he can uh, grab it himself. Very nice. Love it. Love it. Um, so yeah, I wanted to give a shout out. We did get two new patrons over the last couple of weeks. And since we were putting on classic shows and took a little break for the holidays, we, I haven't had a chance to shout them out. So Grant Owens, really appreciate your support and seeing his name go across the bottom here on the video feed, like all of our great patrons. And didn't sign up with his real name. I don't know his real name, but the Patreon username is Frazetta Hulk. And Frazetta Hulk, we very much appreciate your support and joining the Top Rope Nation Patreon feed. So, yeah, like I said, you're getting bonus content over there. We just released Starcade 97. I think there's like 95 bonus shows in our Patreon archives now. Number one way to support Top Rope Nation. And, of course, if you're listening on any YouTube feed, make sure to hit subscribe course leave us a review we'd appreciate that as well and we are streaming live right now on facebook on twitter on twitch and of course youtube subscribe wherever you're getting the video feeds hit that like button as well we got an active chat room tonight i see oh, yeah. Greg hey, talking about dinosaur jr yeah uh hey chat recommend me dinosaur jr's best album if i were to just go pick out one to buy off itunes tell me which one Greg says loudest band he has ever seen live. Wow. I got to be good then. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Kyle is not with us tonight. As Justin mentioned, we did just have like a podcast team meeting to talk about the next few months, but he's got some stuff in the works. He will be back very soon. Kyle Ross will be back with us. You know who else is going to be back? Justin. Do tell. Do tell. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. (laughs) <laughs> the breaking news today Ew. we we did the live show i did a solo pod july when he stepped down and we've been hearing the rumblings over the last few weeks and it is now official the wall street journal broke the news dropped the bomb this afternoon uh vince mcmahon basically is forcing himself back into the company as tim comments here in our chat about that uh, Justin, your initial thoughts to Vince McMahon and his pending return. I think it's gross. Obviously, you know, the, the sexual misconduct stuff has not been sorted out. Um, and to me, it just screams ego trip or boredom. It, I mean, I'm going to need you to explain this to me because I don't understand if it's him wanting to come back to, you know, take control again, to start, uh, being the one who's in charge of stories and wrestlers. Cause it seems from what I've read, it's more about selling the company, but at the same time, it seems like him forcing his way back in would kind of devalue it. Yeah. So <clears throat> there's a lot going on here. Uh, basically it sounds like he, he's still the majority shareholder in the company. So he is not going to sign off on any potential sale of the company or even from what I was reading, the renewals to their media contracts, unless he is involved in the negotiations, which, of course, holds the entire company hostage. And this news from all the reporting I've seen and people I spoke to, it has been 
completely blindsiding the entire locker room and, and not just the locker room, the front office, everyone that works behind the scenes, like people had heard the rumblings that he could be coming back. Uh, but this this today, when this dropped, it, it blindsided everyone, like how fast it appears to be happening here. So uh, we could look at the Wall Street Journal report here a little bit and and how this all broke. But uh, and then Vince actually issued a response. Uh, but this was from the January 5th article, Wall Street Journal, Lauren Thomas broke the news. And according to people familiar with the situation, she wrote, quote, Mr. McMahon, who has majority voting power through his ownership of WWE's Class B stock, has told the company that he is electing himself and two former co-presidents and directors, Michelle Wilson and George Barrios, to the board, the people said. The move to reinstate Mr. McMahon, which the board previously rebuffed, and the others will require three current directors to vacate their positions. The article goes on to say that McMahon penned a letter to the WWE's board of directors in late December stating he wanted to return to the company to, quote, spearhead a strategic review process, which would result possibly in the sale of the company. Quote, Mr. McMahon believes the media landscape is evolving quickly and more companies are looking to own the intellectual property they use on their streaming platforms, making WWE an attractive takeover target, the people said. WWE, which generates most of its revenue from selling content rights, posted its first of over $1 billion in revenue in 2021, and the company currently has a market value of just over $5 billion. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like he wants to sell. And I put in our Facebook group, Vince making a, an early move for pettiest move of the year to, you know, be not let go, but kind of forced into stepping down and now forcing his way back in to just sell the company. Justin, your thoughts? I mean, does he just want the money or probably just needs the control? Like, why do you think he feels the need to be involved in this just to make sure it is sold right now? Whereas that if, you know, if he's not in there, then maybe they wouldn't. Um, it, I, I mean, what, what, what do you think is happening here? What, what is Vince McMahon's motivation besides from wanting to recreate Ultimate Warrior at SummerSlam 91? <laughs> I mean, it seems I mean, to me, like on the surface, when I first heard about it, he's a guy that always wants to work and he just wants to be involved. I, I think yeah. he just misses being involved right away. Uh, could there be some pettiness to it because the, you know, the company continued on after him and everyone's been more positive about the product. I'm sure that plays a factor as well. Um, we're going to get to Vince's press release, but Brian mentioned in the chat that there was an important note at the end of that, of Vince's press release saying that there will be filings in the next few days, detailing changes to WWE's bylaws. And he got this from Brandon Thurston and, uh, I guess we're going to learn then if he can make changes immediately or if he needs to wait until the shareholders meeting in the spring. So we'll see what the timetable on this is. Greg says in the chat, if I can't have it, no one will. Next thing you know, Austin Theory is storming WWE. Headquarters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I mean, it is just it's wild because like we never saw him stepping down ever happening. Then he steps down. We'll probably get to this a little bit later in the show when we go through our thoughts on 2022. Lots of people have been very positive on the company since he left. To me, meh, it's it's marginally better, not a ton better. I think they still have a lot of the same problems. I, it's but just you, a, 
a bunch of guys got their first names back and there's just more mid carters than there was before. <laughs> right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not worse since he left for sure. So um, let me go on with this wall street journal piece. Cause there's a couple more quotes I wanted to read. Um, Thomas wrote, quote, the board responded last month in a letter to Mr. McMahon that it was prepared to initiate a review process and would welcome working with him on it. However, it said it unanimously agreed, the board, that Mr. McMahon's return to the business wouldn't be in shareholders' best interests, according to people familiar with the letters. The board also asked McMahon to confirm his commitment to repaying the expenses that were incurred as a result of the investigation into his sexual misconduct in allegations. I'm not quoting uh, the Wall Street Journal piece at this point. This is a summary. Uh, and the board also reportedly asked McMahon not to return to the company while the federal government is still investigating those allegations. Wow. So I can't remember <laughs> if it was, I don't remember who I saw it tweeted, but I th actually, I think it might have been Sean Ross Sapp saying that all he's heard from management people at the WWE right now, so they, they don't want him back. Yeah, uh, pretty much unanimously. I, I was looking at the Fightful Select article here a little bit ago. Said, quote, Fightful has already heard from dozens within WWE who were all floored by the announcement. Nobody in any department, talent, production, creative, or general, that they heard back from was briefed, tipped off, or given any information before or immediately after the news broke. Um, yeah, and then as, as you go on to read the article, nobody sounds like they're positive on this at all. So did, yeah, did you see uh Bixen spans tweet on this? Uh, where he, he says, uh, Vince thinks now's the window to try and sell. It is, but mm -hmm. to steer the sale, he wants to be reinstalled, which would badly jeopardize a sale and is willing to hold a sale or media rights deal hostage to do so. He's trying to burn it all down. Oh God. Can you imagine? <laughs> I just, oh man, it's, <laughs> I mean, he's the epitome of the child in the sandbox who doesn't want anybody else playing with his toys. Yeah. And we, and we don't know if he's going to be involved in creative or not oh, in, in his press release. It sounds like he's going to let the people that are in place, you know, trying to do what they've been doing. Um, but in the Fightful article, it says uh, a recently signed talent said, I would be blown away if he returned to creative. I don't know how much a recently signed talent would know unless it's someone that was recently brought back who probably wouldn't want Vince involved in creative because he might have been involved in letting him go in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't, I yeah, Jeff mentioned in the chat, what does the sale look like? You know, what does that look like to the actual company and the wrestlers? Who would they sell to? That's why. Have you heard anything about who could be interested in buying this? I mean, I doesn't, I don't feel like NBC has the money. I heard NBC Universal rumored at one point. There was at one point people were talking about Disney even. Um, so, I mean, God, who knows? It's hard to say. I mean, I would imagine after someone bought it, they're pretty much buying it for the intellectual property, you know, um, the archives, yeah, the consistent viewership that you're getting out of this company that's been around for decades. But I would think that they wouldn't want to mess around too much with the day-to-day -day operations because they just wouldn't know too much about it. But it, it depends on the around? company. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the company, of course. So we shall see. We shall see. Comcast.
<laughs> I mean, it's uh, yeah, we got a lot of names coming out here in the chat. Disney mentioned again. I don't. I don't know. It's all. It's this just broke hours ago, so it's all speculative at this point. But yeah, I mean, universally negative response backstage. Everybody floored by the news. Uh, lots of them found out online, and they thought that that was pretty scary. A lot of people saying that they don't believe a word that Vince says on you know how he's going to operate if he gets back. Um, everyone has a lot of respect for Triple H and Stephanie, and who knows what kind of changes could be coming that, their way. That's all I hope is that if he does come back. You know, he takes away everybody's first names, including Hunter's, and demands that everybody refers to him as Double H now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is uh, this is what McMahon wrote in his press release. Quote, WWE is entering a critical juncture in its history with the upcoming media rights negotiations coinciding with increased industry-wide demand for quality content and live events, and with more companies seeking to own the intellectual property on their platforms. The only way for WWE to fully capitalize on this opportunity is for me to return as executive chairman and support Jesus the Christ. management team in the negotiations for our media rights and to combine that with the review of strategic alternatives. My return will allow WWE, as well as any transaction counterparties, to engage in these processes knowing they will have the support of the controlling shareholder he went on to talk about you know the two members wilson and barrios that he wants to bring back and he said quote miss wilson and mr barrios are highly qualified directors whose professional experience positions them well to help the company achieve the best possible outcomes in both initiatives as former wwe co-presidents and board members they are intimately familiar with industry dynamics and the organization's operations and have helped guide the company through past successful media rights negotiations. I look forward to working closely again with Michelle and George, as well as the company's remaining directors and management team who have my full support and confidence. WWE has an exceptional management team in place, and I do not intend for my return to have any impact on their roles, duties, or responsibilities. All right, make sure you throw uh, Jeff Browning's last comment up there because, yeah, this dude can't even sell a stunner. How's he going to sell a company? <laughs> Jesse, Vince McMahon and Donald Trump, insert Spider-Man pointing me <laughs> right out of the Trump playbook, he's saying. Yeah, I mean, boy, I, hopefully next week we'll have a lot more to talk about with this. Right now, again, it's it's still early. We don't know a whole ton, but, I mean, that's pretty much the information that's out there. With him in that last sentencing sen sentence saying that he doesn't intend for his return to have any impact on like the day-to-day -day duties and responsibilities, nobody's buying that backstage mm -hmm. at WWE right now. As we know, Vince lies a lot. So that is the status, Justin. Any other thoughts? Uh, no. I mean, like you, you know, the biggest story of 2022 was Vince stepping down. And I think our hope was that the WWE product would be better so that we could, you know, talk about it in a more joyous way. That has not been the case. And if he comes back, I think it's just going to get worse. Agreed. I mean, it's going to hurt morale and the company. I think uh, it's going to hurt WWE possibly recruiting talents from AEW. There had been this discussion lately that they might be able to pick off some AEW top-level stars beyond Cody Rhodes, of course, which they already did. 
whole different well, situation there. But I mean, I mean, other people, maybe they'd consider coming now that Vince was out of power, but if he returns that dynamic changes. Yeah. I mean, like Regal just went back, although I don't honestly think that'll affect him much, but like, it sure seems like FT, FTR has their, you know, foot out the door. And if Vince is in charge, he's going to be like, why are we bringing the midgets back? <laughs> it's true. Not a big fan of the tag teams either. I mean, who are they going to work against if they do go back? You know, they're not going to have that focus that he thinks under Hunter that they would have. So we'll have to see. This is definitely going to be a talking point. You know, it's mania season now, too. So no shortage of things to talk about as we move our way up to the Royal Rumble and the road to WrestleMania. And we're going to get into in a little bit here, maybe some thoughts that we would have on 2023. But before we do, Justin, I was recently last week over on the F4W channel on YouTube on Fight Game Media with our guy Garrett Gonzalez. And it was a year end awards show. And so I had to go through and talk about my wrestler of the year match of the year, event of the year, favorite weekly television show, and a few other questions. Uh, and I thought, I know some of our listeners and some of the people in the Facebook group listened to that show or, or watched that show when I was on there, but not everyone did. So I want to get my picks out there because we usually do this every year at the pod. But I also want to hear your picks, Justin. And this could be a good discussion. We're just going to kind of run through the list. And I want your thoughts on who would win that award for you and why you picked them. All right. And so. I think number one, let's just start out with wrestler of the year for 2022. And if you're in the chat, let us know your thoughts as well. Uh, but I'll let you go first, Justin. Who was your wrestler of the year for 2022? I mean, this is the the epitome of like your own uh, preference as far as wrestling goes and what you kind of hold up uh, in high esteem you know, there's a world that Punk should have easily been wrestler of the year, but then that dude took an absolute shit all over AEW. Uh, you know, MG, MJF would be a, a, a big candidate, but he was gone all summer. He, he's wrestled, what, once, you know, in the past six months. Um, You know, there's arguments that could be made for some WWE guys like Roman, who's, you know, tippy top, you know, probably never been better as a performer or I should say as a character. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, I'm going to go with one individual, but I don't know if we've, or if I have ever experienced a better year as a fan of tag team wrestling. I thought this was just an incredible year for tag team wrestling, including, you know, six mans. Cause you know, with the introduction of the, the six man or the, the new trios. titles and yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Trios and AEW. Um, I'm going with Dex Harwood as my wrestler of the year. Nice. Cause okay. not, not only with the incredible tag matches that FTR had holding all the titles, but also that dude put on some stellar singles matches. I mean, mm -hmm. he had humpy matches with Osprey, <laughs> Punk, and Danielson that we all, including his own partner Cash earlier in the year. And like he was doing it all. And he's just, he was one of the few guys that anytime he was out there, 
I was guaranteed to be entertained. And actually, I uh, Jesse, I just saw your message in the chat. I need full disclosure here, everybody. I watched next to no New World Japan. I experienced the wrestling without crowds, and I'm, I'm I, I couldn't go back to any more of that, especially the complete silence ones. So, I mean, the the real answer, if you just care about in ring wrestling, would probably be Osprey. I just didn't see much of him, but I love the stuff that he did in AEW. But uh, me personally, uh, Dax is the man. I like that pick. That was not one I heard on Fight Game, but I really enjoyed watching him this year too. And and he showed that he could go as a singles competitor for sure. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah. kind of a breakthrough year for him in that way. I mean, we've always seen him as as a great tag team wrestler, but it, for people who didn't know what he could do as a singles, we saw that shine through brightly. So I think it's a, that's a great point because I mean, he's obviously also involved in a in a match of the year candidate or candidates um, that we we can talk about here in a minute. But yeah, great pick. My pick on fight game was John Moxley. I see some people oh, here in the chat. Yes, very nice. There's some, pe- there's some people here in the chat who I know watched that show when I was on there, so they, they've heard this before. Um, but my reasoning that I went into was just that, you know, he had some great matches. Oh, I mean, two bangers, two humpers, Justin. Brian Danielson. <laughs> I mean, How many humps you, did you give it? <laughs> infinite. Infinite humps, man. I'm still going. It was... Uh, at Revolution, at Grand Slam, you know, he worked Tanahashi at the New Japan show at, at the United Center. I mean, this guy, not just beyond his ring work, though, it, to me, it was the stability he brought the promotion as well. Yeah. Not, not just wrestler of the year, but also just MVP for AEW. I mean, yeah. they had to go back to this guy because everything around him was falling down, you know, after the punk injury. All right, Mox, you know, take the ball and run with it again throughout the summer. And then after, you know, what happened with Punk at All Out, and then it's, all right, you got to take the ball again, and then you're going to be the guy, you know, dropping the belt at full gear. He just brought so much stability at a time with this young company where everything could have fallen apart. The lot They could have totally lost the locker room. And, you know, Brian and Jericho were involved in that too. But Moxley was also carrying the ball on TV. So to me... You know, like the company at times this year did step back a little bit for sure, but he also kept the ship steady. And so that, that's why he was my wrestler of the year. I, God, I can't remember the entire line, but my, my favorite promo of the entire year was the punk one where he said something to the effect of, you know, weak mind, weak body. And it was weak, something else referring to punk and ooh, boy, that one, uh, that one aged well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So good. I mean, those are, those are good picks. I don't know. You have to check out the Facebook group if you want to hear Kyle's pick for wrestler of the year. I know he, he was kind of stressing about it. We did the show on kind of short notice. Kyle wants to think about these things. And I had already thought about it because I did that show last week. And then, you know, Justin, I gave you a little bit of a heads up, but also, you know, you got, had a little time to, to think about it. I think he had some people in mind anyway. So, uh, what about your match of the year? Justin Joy. Well, I think, sorry, I was, I was taking pictures of the chat to try and remember these Dinosaur Jr. albums <laughs> that they're throwing out there. <laughs> I was a little distracted. Um, active chat room tonight. I'm loving it. Loving so, it, you guys. Keep this coming. There are, you know, a lot of great options, but unfortunately with a lot of them, no matter how good they are, there's some sort of like 
snake bite that follows with it. Just something that kind of makes me go, uh, uh. like for instance, Danielson and hangman early in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that match, but then that also happened to be the high point of hangman's title run. Like everything was kind of downhill after that. And it was just kind of a bummer. And then like, you know, uh, Cody and Seth Rollins hell in the cell was phenomenal and probably would be my number two pick, but then Cody's gone and you know, that we have no follow follow up and you know, Hey, depending on what that follow up is, if, if Cody comes back and the crowd goes nuts for him and he wins the title, uh, I might come back and change my answer because you know, that match will have more meaning now. Um, punk and MJF, the dog collar match from revolution, uh, fantastic match, but everything associated with punk just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So for my match of the year, I think I've, I've talked about it before. I, I freaking love tag team wrestling. If you give me a five-star singles match and a five-star tag team match, uh, and I only have time to watch one of them, I'm probably going to watch the tag team match. Full disclosure, I have not seen the dog collar match from Final Battle. So I'm going to go with the first FTR Briscoe Brothers match from Supercard of Honor. You know, the build was simple, which, you know, that's the other thing about these match of the years. You know, you want to have a good build. You want to have good uh, in-ring wrestling and, you know, hopefully something come, coming out of it. And which in this case, what came out of it was two more epic tag team matches, which you can't go wrong picking any of the three. I go with this first one just because it just, we hadn't seen it. It felt the freshest and it really kicked off. Like I said, this year of just phenomenal tag team wrestling, you know, I love swerve in our glory. I love the acclaim FTR young bucks had a great match right after this one, uh, young bucks and, uh, Lucha bros. And at the forum was a phenomenal Mm -hmm. match. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with that, uh, super card of honor, FTR Briscoes. That, that was in my top three. I nice. mentioned that as a possibility. Like nice. Yeah. I mentioned that as a possibility on the, the fight game show. And I said my WWE match of the year was Cody and Seth at hell in the cell for sure. I mean, nothing to me was as much of a roller coaster watching as that one, you know, I mean the injury obviously made the match. Um, but my match of the year was one that you mentioned and it was the dog collar match between CM Punk and MJF. Mm. It was to me just and you you watch that show live here at my house. I remember yeah. we watched Revolution together and it's incredible. It was such an awesome match. And there's just so much going on there. Yeah, what happened with Punk does taint it a little bit, but I did go back and re-watch it right before I did the show last week to confirm it was my match of the year. And I loved it so much again watching it back i think i probably the third time this year i think i watched it a second time shortly after um i mean i loved the build the promos to the build were incredible so i'm just looking at it from a a whole picture there i liked the callbacks with punk you know of course the theme music coming out to afi i I had to dock it two stars because i didn't understand what that theme music was all about (laughs) and and also i'm kidding folks folks. (laughs) 
you need Twitter to explain it to you and then go off on you. Uh, <laughs> the, I mean, also the, uh, the outfit he wore was a, a direct callback to the Raven match. I mean, he, he not probably not the exact same outfit. <laughs> I doubt because it looked pretty new, but it was the same design, you know, the jacket, the shorts, that was so cool. Uh, the match itself, you know, the way it went off with, I mean, they had it mic'd so perfectly. Mm-hmm. The way you could hear the chain clanging around in the ring. I mean, the thumbtack spots. Um, I still I still randomly think about and cringe at that uh, tombstone on the apron. Yeah, that's what like I was just MJF's about to say. Like MJF's neck yep. was, oh boy. Yep. That was so, I mean, uh, also, I mean, the the blood from punk MJF blood, but not very much, but punk. I mean that or Cody and dust is the bloodiest match, you know, in, in AEW history, one of those two. And I, I mean, I know you love a good blood fest, Justin, uh, red equals so that, green. Yeah. So that added to it. Then you also get like the Wardlow involvement at the end and that years long bill that they had done between Wardlow and MJF. Mm-hmm. And then what he did with the ring and the finish, to me, the dog collar match, that was my favorite match just for a lot of reasons this year. But again, if you if you went for just ring work, of course, there's going to be a lot of New Japan on the list. Yeah. I mean, every match that you mentioned, including your match of the year, I would have zero problem with making that my match of the year. There was some just phenomenal matches this year. And there's been some other, yeah, Gunther and Sheamus. Um, you know, oh, we, it, yeah. Uh, and shout out a match that we were there for live, Anarchy in the Arena, yep. was some, was some of the most fun I've ever had as a, a fan in the crowd watching that match. And I could barely even see what was going on. It, it was <laughs> incredible. And the way that they kept the music going, I loved it yeah. live. I, I know some people are complaining about that, but in the building it was awesome how they kept oh, yeah. the wild thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, I think I, at some point I, I turned to Kyle and was like, we haven't seen Eddie in a while. And almost on yep. cue, he, he came out <laughs> in just one of the most iconic moments in AEW history with, you know, looking dazed as could be that thousand yard stare, you know, covered in blood, carrying yeah. that, that, uh, gas. And it was like, Ooh boy, what's happening now? Were you okay? So I, I talked about this on the other pod, but right before that match, I know Kyle was up there and I can't remember if you were, were you on the concourse where the wrestlers started to come into that like private bar area we had? Mm-mm. Was nope. that just Kyle? Yep. Cause he saw like Mox and Brian up there, I think. Cause they came down like opposite sides of the aisle yeah, of the right. section we were in. Cause we were in like the, for those of you who don't know, you know, the whole crew was there. We were in this, the 100 level kind of up from the entrance way, but it was like, it was on the 100 level, but it was also roped off from the rest of the 100 level. It was awesome. Like we had our own bar there, a private bathroom there. If we go this year, I hope we could get in the same section, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was pretty incredible. That match is is high up there as well, and just for being there as well. Um, yeah, Gunther and Sheamus. So Jesse's in the chat. Myself and Tim and Jesse went to All Out in Chicago. We watched that in the hotel room because <laughs> you know I brought my Roku with me so that we could catch Clash at the Castle, and we watched that one together after everyone was raving about it there. So I mean, that was a great one as well. Lots of great choices. So yeah, match of the year. All right, FTR and the Briscoes, and then my pick, Punk and MJF. And you, you, the first, I should have said the first FTR and the Briscoes match. Mm-hmm. And then my pick, Punk and MJF from Revolution. What was your favorite show of the year uh, as far as event, pay-per-view, or what, what have you? I've been racking my brain, and 
it's just one of those instances where what I wouldn't give to have a memory like you or Kyle, because my answer is probably just a dynamite. It'd be one of the dynamites. Um, frankly, uh, 2023, my answer would probably be uh, dynamite from this past week, which was freaking incredible. Um, but I, I, I can't, I, I can't narrow down to one dynamite where top to bottom, the show was fantastic. I'm sure there's one out there, but so I would probably have to go AW revolution. Um, it was solid top to bottom. It had, you know, four, at least four star matches. It's kind of brought down a little bit because of the main event. You know, it was just a bummer that hangman was kind of an afterthought in that entire card. The match was fine. It was good, but mm-hmm. it, probably not what it should have been for his title run, but that was a great card. Double or nothing. I also, I also, real quick, I also think that that just speaks to the strength of that show because yeah, 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 yeah. there were so many great matches on it. And then the main event was really good with Paige and Cole. And normally everyone's going to talk about it, but like, and even though it was in the main event spot, there was so much on the undercard that was like near five stars that it, I mean, it's hard to even remember there was so much on the show. Yeah. 100%. But I, it, there's really, there's not a lot of contenders, in my opinion. I mean, for WWE, it's pretty dire. Like, maybe night one of WrestleMania. Uh, I don't, I don't, I just don't know what else I would pick for them. Um, but I think Revolution is the answer outside of, if somebody can think of just in an amazing Dynamite episode. Uh, Thomas in the chat said forbidden door. And I know on fight mm. game, I believe at least one person said forbidden door. I mean, it's in the running, but it was like a standalone show without a lot of story. So I can't yeah, put it above revolution. It was a great show. Like yeah. match wise, if you're just looking for great matches, that one's tough to be for sure. Uh, clash of the castle got some nods on fight game as well. Two um, good matches. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to watch a show top to bottom, it's definitely revolution. That was also my pick, Justin, uh, as as the show of the year. Although I did say that I could look at this one of two ways. As far as the one that I enjoyed the most personally, though, it would have been double or nothing because we were there, because it was you, me, and Kyle. Uh, my wife went, Aaron and his wife, good friend of the pod as well. Uh, you know, we met up with Garrett there as well and some of the F4W guys. Uh, we, Michael Jenkinson, his brother, David, they were there. We had just, uh, Brian in the chat. He was yeah. there. I mean, so many people. We had such a fun time in Vegas, despite the COVID. <laughs> I mean, just, just like this year in wrestling where it's incredible highs and incredible lows. That's, <laughs> that was our Vegas trip, you know, and an, an amazing time. And then we have to go home with COVID. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like you saw the new intro at the top of the show I made and mm-hmm. like those pictures are all from Vegas. The sweet party that we went to at the Cosmopolitan. We recorded a live show in the Blue Wire studio at The Wind, which was just an unbelievable experience. I mean, starting this pod out of my basement at my old house, I never in a million years could have thought I'd be recording in a multi-million dollar studio on the Vegas Strip with an audience walking past us in the lobby, Justin. Yeah, I mean, that, that was amazing. And so, I mean, if you've never seen it, by the way, if you're new to the pod, go to the YouTube channel. You can watch the full thing. It was incredible. So, I mean... Yeah, as a show, Revolution was better than Double or Nothing, but that was a, it was still a really good pay per view. And just like the weekend as a whole, that would be in my running. But if I'm yeah. just picking an event, 
it's got to be revolution for pretty much all the reasons you laid out. I mean, it's got my match of the year with uh, with Punk and MJF and the dog collar match. It's got a great Moxley-Danielson match, which I dropped earlier when I was talking about Mox. That main event with Paige and Cole, of course, was really good. Um, what else was on that card? The, the triple threat tag team match was incredibly yep. entertaining. Kingston and Jericho opened the show oh, and had a really good match. Oh, I mean, come and and, and it's a, a shame we have not mentioned Eddie Kingston until yeah. now for a possible wrestler of the year because his, his last two years have just been off the charts. Yeah. I, I kind of regret, I probably could have swung it to have gone to that show, but I, I remember when it happened and I was like, Orlando, you know, if I'm not taking my kids to Disney, do I really want to go to Orlando? Like how much wrestling has there been in Orlando over the last few years with the pandemic? And I just don't want to go to Orlando. But then afterwards I was like, damn it, <laughs> should have gone. <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll always kind of regret not going to it, but yeah, it was a, it was a great time. So, all right, let's wrap with this. Your favorite weekly wrestling television show? AEW. I mean, I went through my first real spell of not watching wrestling this year, this fall into winter, mainly due to a new baby in the house. When you worked worked on the pod, took a little break. Yeah. Yeah, So it makes sense. I, I watched next to no wrestling, you know, you know, because of the baby, but it was also because of like all the, the brawl out stuff. It just left a real negative taste in my mouth. And it's also hard when one of your co-hosts kind of hates the product <laughs> and, and Kyle Ross <laughs> and even kind of just dislikes what AEW was doing, but I don't think it was ever near as bad as how he felt about it. Agree. Uh, even at its worst, it's above average this year. And, you know, it goes to show they're off to an incredibly hot start this year and they finish strong. Um, it, it just feels like they've got everything back on track. And, and they started the year incredibly strong with, you know, I, I think everybody had high hopes for Hangman as champion. And, and, and in hindsight, I think that rain will age well. The the punk MJF stuff was incredible, as as you were talking about earlier it made MJF, uh, mm-hmm. you know, but I just, there's nothing even close that can touch AEW in my opinion. I, I still don't watch WWE on even a close to regular basis. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I had said that on fight game that if I'm going to watch WWE, I'm only really considering watching SmackDown because it's yeah. a shorter watch. But I don't watch it that much, even though people are more positive about it. Just I'm talking about SmackDown here because for years I covered that show live for CBS when I was writing for comic book and pop culture. It's like now I don't have to do it every Friday night. So it's like mm, I don't feel really the push to watch it unless there's going to be something that's really good on it. I do watch it occasionally because it is more kid friendly and like my oldest daughter is mm-hmm. kind of getting into wrestling now. And mm-hmm. sometimes she watches AEW with me, but like I've got to mute it sometimes that you know it's like a little harder with small children yeah uh, i hear but, you so if it's if wwe i'm gonna watch it's gonna be smackdown i won't touch raw live i'll catch the clips i never watch nxt anymore because well you guys know nxt you is know, not very good right now in, in wwe it's one of those things where really the only time i watch something is if there there's a match with a lot of buzz 
Mm-hmm. I'll I'll go seek it out or every once in a while I'll just turn it on because there's nothing else on. Yeah. But even when I turn it on, it's just it it doesn't take more than 20 minutes before the cartoon generic entrances or or the camera cuts or the commentary or just something turns me off from that show. And I, I just have to walk away from it. That's like, you know, I haven't watched Wrestle Kingdom yet. But I did watch the entrances for uh, Omega, uh, Mercedes, and uh, I think it must have been Osprey. And it's, it's, it, it just, I, I'm watching, and I'm thinking, God damn, this just, the, this feels like a big deal. These feel like, it, it makes it feel like a, it's got a big fight feel is what it has. And I'm like, why doesn't WWE have this anymore? They have just as good of, you know, stage presentations. And then I'm immediately like, oh yeah, they have those stupid cartoon things that CG, whatever. It's like, how much better would it be if Roman just walked out with his music and didn't have that giant you know, mm-hmm. cartoon guy? It's just, it's so hokey and it's fine. You know, there, there, there is an audience for that. Um, like you, I've been starting to, uh, kind of get my kid to watch a little bit. And if I get him to watch wrestling, it's probably going to be the WWE product. Cause that's a little bit easier to, to contain, mm-hmm. but yeah, it just doesn't do it for me anymore, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with all of that. I, I agree with the quality of dynamite. I don't think it ever got as bad as like, I think Kyle was very dejected by what happened with punk for sure. And it, it got him out of the loop a little bit. I kept watching I think me and you were kind of keeping each other more positive on wrestling during that period. And I really feel like dynamite's really hitting right now. I mean, yeah. that was my answer. Obviously weekly TV has to be dynamite. I mean, is there really any other choice here? And that crowd last night starting off 2023 in Seattle was unreal. And the the segment with Brian and MJF was so good. I mean, yeah, they are, You've had the best of seven series going. They're really fired on all cylinders here. So, dude, I think I legit was giggling at the last like 30 seconds of that Darby Samoa Joe match. I I, I was just elated. It was so much fun. It's so crazy that, you know, because like we had said on the pod recently, and I think I even said on Fight Game last week that, boy, you know, they got to elevate Darby Allen again. He's kind of got lost in the shelf. And here we go, TNT champion, (laughs) you know? So, yeah, I I loved the ending. There's, there is three guys that I have my eyes on for 2023 in AW and Darby is one of them. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. So now as we transition to a new year, 2023, and we'll be talking about it with all of you as it happens, I wanted to ask you just some perspective questions on WWE in 2023. All right. So first question, let's look at WrestleMania. Do you think Cody Rhodes will win one of or both of the world championships at WrestleMania? Do you think he'll become a world champion or universal champion? I have to say yes, because I need that to happen. Cause I, I, <laughs> I don't know if I can, for one, I don't think I can watch it. If they split those titles, like what the current rumor is that that's mm-hmm. the plan. I, I tried to be as patient with that for as long as possible. And I, I don't think it bothered me near as much as, as you or Kyle for a long time, but I am certainly over it by now, especially after having one champion for this long and how much better it is. So, yeah, I mean, 
I don't like, you know, I think you and me are in the same boat is this, that if it's Roman and rock, uh, get, get the titles off of them somehow. Let, just Cody needs to be the man. This yeah. 2023 needs to be the year of Cody Rhodes in WWE. I agree. Uh, if they actually, if they actually get rock there, which we have been, I will say, cause now people are starting to backpedal on that. in The wrestling media of, Oh, it's not sad. Maybe it doesn't look like rock's going to do it for over a year. We have said on the show that boy, it's, even when everyone else was saying it's going to happen, we were like, I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> you know, this guy is all kinds of stuff going on. He's got the launch of the XFL going on. Last time he worked a real match, you know, he got injured. It's been a long time. I'm not he's got I'm so not, many shitty movies to make. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not set on this guy actually wrestling and they haven't they do not have it nailed down as of right now. They they do not. They, they are hopeful. They want to have him work. Um, But I've also heard that Rock is worried he won't be able to get into ring shape in time, and he's not going to work a match if he doesn't think he's in work in ring shape. So that could make it not happen. Um, that, that was going to be another question I had for you if, if you thought Rock was actually going to work at Mania or not. If um, I had to bet money, I'd say no. <laughs> now Garrett made a good point in Fight Game. He said one one thing that could get him into the ring is he needs a win. Look what happened with Black Adam. That's true. Yeah. And, you know, if he can get into shape, this is a relatively, I don't want to say easy, but not a hard way for him to brag about getting a W. Like, oh, look, I was on WrestleMania at 60,000 people there. It's a way for him to get some positive attention again after everyone's talking about Black Adam. I think he has another L coming in the uh, XFL, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, we'll see what happens there. It's You can't really, I mean, how many times have we seen people try to start football leagues and it not work out great? But, you know, if he's patient, maybe get at least a small dedicated audience. We'll see. But um, let me ask you this. All right. How long? Actually, here's the first question for you, because you're a hangman guy. Do you think hangman page gets the world title back this year? (sighs) No, I don't. Um. I think it's going to be a couple of years before we see that. Is it, do you have a question coming up with like who the guys are going to be or who is going to be I the next gonna, champion? I was going to ask you who might be at MJF. And I was also going to ask you like how long you think MJF is going to hold the belt. Okay. Well, I'm going to dip into it a little bit here. Cause I said, there's three guys I've got my eyes on okay. That's Dar- Darby, Ricky Starks mm-hmm. and uh, Swerve Strickland. I think are the three guys to really keep your eye on this year. Hangman's a made man. Uh, he, he's working Moxley right now. I mean, he he is uh, an upper tier main eventer. So I would be looking at one of those three guys to elevate next. AEW has a tendency to telegraph, maybe not telegraph, but possibly get lucky in the way that they they will have a match on a pay-per-view and almost a year later that match will be for the world title so i'm thinking this doesn't quite line up but uh we were at full gear in 21 and we saw mjf for starby mm-hmm. would you be shocked if it's full gear 2023 and it's mjf first darby for the world title you know we've we've had we'd have a year-long run of mjf and now it's time to lose it to darby darby to get his win back from two years earlier i would not be surprised at all no uh 
We saw MJF beat Ricky Starks at Winter is Coming. I think it would be a nice end cap on 2023 if Ricky Starks wins the title there. Uh, I don't know what you do with Swerve. There's Mm -hmm. still something going on there. That would probably take a baby face to win it from MJF at some point. uh, Because I like Swerve as a heel. But like, I guess going back to my point, like you went, you go to the original full gear that was uh, Omega and Paige Hangman. And then, you know, what was it? Two years later, year later, and it's Omega Hangman this time for the world title. So they have a tendency to do that. So that's just something to keep an eye on, especially after Darby's big wing, big win on uh, Dynamite this past week. How about you? I I, I need to hear your answers. Well, I, I do think MJF's going to have the title a long time. I'm really looking forward yeah. to the to the Iron Man match that they're setting up for Revolution. And I'm going to be at a Springsteen concert that night, so I'm not going to be able to watch it live. It's going to be the first time I've missed a live AW pay-per-view since uh, Full Gear 2019, I think, watching it live or attending live. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to drop the title there. Uh, this isn't really the kind of company that likes to, unless they're forced, they don't really like to do hot shot titles and then move it right back to MJF or something to a feel good story for Brian. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see them doing that. Uh, so, I mean, I think boy at earliest I'd go with like all out next year, but probably longer. Uh, I mean, how do you like the Burberry belt? By the way, it's got different like plating nice. on it it's now fine. too. It's, it's yeah. gold. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. No, it works. Um, is MJF's contract supposedly up after this year, like early 24? Yeah. You know, I'm going to tell you, I said this too on the other show. I, I don't buy that. I think well, he's I, got an agreement in place. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to play it up on TV. But, I'm just thinking yeah. storylines going back to my winter is coming for 2023. You redo MJF and Starks with MJF doing the, Hey, I'm about to walk out of this company with the world title. And mm-hmm. you know, you get the rematch one year later. Yeah. <laughs> i just spent a little less on those tickets for for bruce taylor than uh than i was i actually well i i moved sections the sections i usually sit in i could not afford for this tour but yeah i will be in the building in uh in saint paul yes no i i I agree with a lot of what was said in the chat too like i i agree with jesse i don't think swerve would get it this year I also don't think Ricky's going to get it this year. I think they're both mm-hmm. maybe 24 guys. Um, someone mentioned Wardlow, and like obviously the story is there for that. I where he stands right now, I don't really see it happening, but it could, it could, it could by next fall. You know, we'll see what happens. So who could you see taking the title from MJF then, or do you see him maybe taking it into 24? I think that's very possible. Um, Right now on the babyface side, I mean, people are eventually people are going to be pining for Kenny to get it back. Uh, and, you know, Kenny can go either way, heel or face. People are always going to cheer Kenny, though. Um, people, I mean, they could they could do Hangman by the end of the year. I mean, he's got stuff going on right now, but people are always going to love Hangman. I could see that. They, I like all those up and coming stars. I just don't think think like again you mentioned the heel dynamic with swerve um i don't i don't see starks being the guy right now i just i just don't i think he's he's on the ascent a lot can happen by next fall i think he's probably like a 24 guy though he does, I, I feel he, like he, need, he needs more juice and he needs a new finisher i i hate him using the spear yeah it would be interesting you know if they did go to like another up-and-coming guy like for 
two champions in a row and not back to one of the more established stars, you know, like, because mm-hmm. we've mostly had, I mean, Hangman was, was the, you know, the real new face, but we've mostly had established people as world champion in this company. And so I guess that's the dynamic I'm fighting with in my head is do they go back to someone who's been established for a long time, like a Kenny Omega or someone they established previously in Hangman, who a lot of people felt didn't get the run that he should have? Or do they keep going to new guys? Because, you know, this MJF thing is really paying off for him. He's the best thing on the show. And uh, he's he's their homegrown guy. And they can certainly build up another guy. I mean, this is the perfect dynamic. A dominant heel. Put the whole machine behind an up-and-coming baby face. Make another star right off of his back. So I, I don't really have a good answer. If I, if I had to bet right now, I feel like I'd go with a, a more established, like maybe even a a hangman down the down the line again. So yeah, would Jesse say Starks hangman, Dark Horse Eddie for a short run? Boy, you know, yeah. Taylor mentioned Brian. It's too early in the run. If this match was happening next fall, I I would actually think it had a good chance of happening, or even at all out next year, maybe even by double or nothing. Uh, but since it's the first pay per view since he won the title, I just don't see Brian doing it. I would. I would love I to see Brian Danielson be world champion again. I don't think he has. Any, I don't think Danielson has any interest in being world champion. No, I think I he mean, would turn it down. Like supposedly Punk did. Like yeah, they're saying Punk. Dax said that right. Punk yeah. didn't have any interest in being world champion. Uh, we'll see. All right, Justin. I think that's pretty much everything I had on my list. Unless you've got any other questions that you want to. Throw uh, I got one more for you. Okay. And maybe this isn't even a 2023 question, but just one in general. Do we see CM Punk wrestle again? Yes. Where? I said, I, I, to me, it's still AEW. I know that it seems like the chance is minuscule right now. Dax is pushing for it. Punk appears to be pushing for it on his social media. Do you see that? Hit I saw the dub, but I did yeah, I saw him respond to duh with something, but I couldn't yeah. tell if that was like a duh, I'm never going back, there's lawsuits involved, or a duh, like, yeah, I love wrestling. Well, he also had on his, his Instagram stories the other day touting the fact that he was like one of the top merch sellers and he yeah, was selling I saw those figures and stuff. And uh, the YouTube clips. Yeah. I don't know if you yeah. saw that one. Yeah, I saw that one. So, I mean, I know there's people that don't want to work together and it was a real-life fight but we've talked about this. There's been so many real life fights in wrestling history. Yes, he said a bunch of terrible shit. Lots of people said terrible shit. It, w- it was on YouTube. It wasn't on their TV show, like going off script. It was still bad. Don't get me wrong. I just don't like if you look at how much money could be made off of this upset in the locker room. Okay, that's definitely a factor unless they can get punk in there to make amends with everybody. But man, it would be such a travesty if they never make any money off of this situation because it is just screaming to do a match and draw a big buy rate. I mean, don't you agree? Oh, absolutely. So what, what, would you what, pick WD, WWE or AEW if he wrestles again? Or do you think he's going to wrestle this year? I, I think him going to WWE would be one of the most cringe things ever with everything yes. he's he's said about them in the past. Um. Plus, with Vince coming back, it seems less likely now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not very, I'm not as quite as hopeful as you. You know, I, it would be nice if they just put business first, put the fans first. 
and went out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, I, what's what's the match? Is the match Punk and FTR versus the Elite, and then yeah. to get to a Punk and Omega? I think so. I mean, that was supposedly what they were planning at one point before all hell broke loose, and. I think you could do it either way. Punk and Omega would certainly draw too, but you you probably want the Bucks involved based on what was happening. So if you're going to do that, it's got to be the six man, I think. And boy, it could even be for the trios titles. <laughs> you know, I mean, they but even got that. Even, you know, best case scenario, wishful thinking. I, I, I think the earliest that anything could happen would be uh, double or nothing, right? Because of his injury yeah. at all out. Yeah, I think we heard like so many different timelines on on how long that could be, but I thought like the minimum I heard was like five months. So I mean, don't quote me on that, but I mean, was, just a serious just injury. To, yeah. Just to run off, you know, all those muffins he was eating in the scrum alone, it's gonna <laughs> take quite a while. Yeah, I. If I had to put the odds on this happening, it's still the odds are much higher that it's not going to happen. I'm not trying to sound like I think it's for sure going to happen. That is not the case. I think the odds are minuscule. It does happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hope I, it I, happens. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I like your hope, man. I, I'm giving yeah. you props for that. I like it. Yeah. Um, but I'm I, dead inside I, over here. I do think he will wrestle again. I don't think he's done. I don't think, I don't think he wants to go out like that. And, you know, we've talked that, on the show the last few months. That about is the this. best argument for it. 100%. This guy who seemed to care so much about his reputation, uh, I mean, come on. Is is that how he wants his legacy is going to end with with him chewing out other people while eating cupcakes? I mean, there's just there's no way. Think about it. This guy is like a disciple of Bret Hart now. He loves nobody more than Bret Hart. We're wearing our Bret Hart Roots of Fight shirts here, Justin. Bret Hart's a guy obsessed with his legacy. How could CM Punk be this big of a fan of Bret Hart? And want to go out like that. If he is even 10% as obsessed with his legacy as Brett, there's just no way he could go out like that. You know, so boy, we'll see. Uh, is he going to wrestle again? Yes. At some point, I do think so. And if I had to choose AEW or WWE, I would say between those two, I'd say AEW. You know, if, if he can't work out an agreement with either of them, maybe he does a Japan match, you know. We'll see. Or if he's the most spiteful person in the world, he goes back to WWE. Yeah, that would be so bad. I agree. That would be really cringe. Guys, it's been too long since we have been on here live. We've done some content. Check out the Starcade 97 show over on the Patreon feed. Love that Brody Lee figure, Justin. A great addition to your setup, sir. I got to check out that GameStop, man. See what I can find over there. I, they had FTR a couple months ago. I wish I would have grabbed them. Yeah, I don't have them yet. That's one I need. I need that set. We'll see. Um, all right. Well, we got some fun stuff planned in the weeks ahead. Stay tuned for some news from Top Rope Nation. Get in the Facebook group. Search Top Rope Nation Pro Wrestling Discussion. You can follow Justin on Twitter at Justin Joint, J-O-Y-N-T. Find me at Ryan Droste, D-R-O-S-T-E. The show at Top Rope Nation. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts and video feeds. Yes, Justin. I just want to say thank you to everybody on our Facebook group uh, who's been posting stuff. There's been some 
really great posts lately. You guys are keeping me fucking sane at three o'clock in the morning when, when I'm feeding a baby or, you know, just trying to keep my family in order. I I really appreciate it. I I love this group so much. You guys are all fantastic. Yeah. You you guys really got to get into that discussion group. Niall Clark has been posting great stuff. Of course, Uh, Skelton was doing some good stuff as well. Lots of great replies. I mean, if you want to talk wrestling, it is, it's the best spot. So get in the Facebook discussion group. And if you want more content from us, join the Patreon page. Almost 100 bonus shows the minute you join. So with that said, it's been episode 279 of Top Rope Nation. We will catch you all next week. Have a great weekend. Take care.